I'd love to get some responses as I speak this morning because um, uh, that would just be more fun for me. Um, and so uh, I just want to just do a check-in and just check, first of all, that you're awake. So if you had breakfast, I'd just like you to stand up. Fantastic. You can sit down again now. I'm sorry for those of you who are really hungry. Uh, we haven't got any food. Um, and uh, I won't make you stand up again. That was mean, wasn't it, when you've just sat down? So just raise a hand for me if you've heard of this passage from John's Gospel before. Awesome. Um, and then we're just going to have a competition between the two sides. Um, which side thinks that they're the fastest runners in the room here? Hands going up on this side. This side, yeah, I don't know. It's a competition. Uh, maybe we'll have to test it out. Um, I think there's some very fast runners over there, and there's also some fast runners over here. So there we go. Lots of skills in the building this morning. Um, as we look at this passage, we're, we've got the title on the screen I've given it, The Hallmark of Discipleship. Raise a hand if you know what a hallmark is. Okay, now put that hand down if you think it's a greetings cards company. It is a greetings cards company, but it is also something on precious metal. So if you have gold or silver from a jewelry shop, it will be stamped with a hallmark, and that is how you know uh, that it is genuine gold or silver. Uh, those of you uh, what are clever will have worked out why I've got the title on the screen, Hallmark of Discipleship, given the reading that you just heard. I'll let your brains work on that for a second if you haven't. It's because Jesus gives us a new command, and he says, love one another as I have loved you. Uh, and so he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if they have love one for another. I wonder if anyone here is Canadian. Just raise a hand. Few Canadians here. If you're, if you're Canadian, uh, how do we know that you're Canadian? You can shout it out. A birth certificate, how else could you, could you show that you're Canadian? A passport, one other thing. Did someone say Easter egg? I can't, um, you have to say that louder. Things you say, yeah, you might know they're Canadian by the things they say, which obviously I didn't understand, demonstrating something there, sorry. Um, and maybe, did anyone say citizenship certificate? That's a thing too. And these are the kind of things, whatever country you're from, you'll have something that says, this is where I'm from. How does Jesus say uh, we, disciples are to be identified? By the love they have for each other. I'm glad you're here. Um, <laughs> by the love they have for each other. So if there's one thing I want you to remember today, it is that verse. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if they have love for one another. Let's say that together. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now let's step back into some context. The reason Jesus is saying this here is because Judas has just betrayed him. They are getting towards Good Friday. They're getting up to the time where Jesus would die on the cross. And on his journey to the cross, uh, Jesus uh, said to Peter at this point now, um, he predicts his denial. He says, you're going to deny me three times. That's a whole other sermon. I think I preached that earlier in the year. 
Uh, But the context is they're getting near to the cross and Jesus is getting close to leaving them. And so he wants to make sure people know uh, this most important thing. But some of you have read the Old Testament and you'll know it's not a new commandment to love one another, is it? Loving one another is what the Israelites were expected to do. So what is the new piece that Jesus said when he says, a new commandment I give you? It's that this is the time when he says, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. As Jesus has demonstrated love for his disciples, and he will demonstrate love for his disciples and the rest of us when he dies on the cross. He says, this is how you'll know they're my disciples, if you love one another. Not just loving one another, but loving as Jesus loved us. And I think the reason Jesus said this is because loving one another as Jesus loved us is really hard. It's really hard. And he's saying this to us as Christians, knowing that we have a hard time of it. There are about 40 different churches in Maple Ridge representing all sorts of different denominations. Because what happens through history is Christians have found themselves disagreeing, just like Jesus thought we would. We found ourselves disagreeing, and so we end up going slightly different ways. We all have slightly different opinions around what the service should look like, how long a church service should be, what the purpose of church even is. And then even within a church, we have disagreements. We sometimes find it hard to love one another. If you want to go to a wide shot of the screen, if, you're, if you can on the camera, you'll see the cross is on one side. And the cross used to be in the middle. And a number of people said, well, why are we moving the cross? And we all have a different opinion over where the cross should be. Should the cross be on the left-hand side? Should the cross be on the right-hand side? Should the cross be in the middle? Should the cross be off-center? And so we've got the cross on a stand now, so it can be moved around. Good Friday, we had it in the middle. Um, But one of the reasons to not have it in the center um, is because uh, it looks like, um, if if you're watching from the the camera shot, um, it looks like that the preacher is standing on the cross. And my job is not to stand on that place because Jesus has already done it. To which someone says amen. But there we go. Thank you. Um, So... There are things that we disagree about. And Jesus says, but you'll know they're my disciples by the love they have for each other. And one of the really fun things about being the Anglican church is that we are all over the map. We have all sorts of different people uh, and we have people within our church here too who have experienced different denominations. And I'm not going to ask you because I did this once before in my ministry and I did not get the answer I expected. But I asked people to put their hand up if they thought they were Anglican and I discovered only half the church did. Um, And one of the people that didn't think they were Anglican was actually ordained as an Anglican priest. So work that one out. Um, But one of the things about being in the Anglican church is that we have um, a real breadth of ways we express ourselves in worship, in prayer, in service. We have uh, things that we can disagree with, and yet we can still be part of the same church. And that, I think, at its best, 
is beautiful and it's wonderful. At its worst, it's like that big family meal where nobody agrees, but they're all there. Have you been to one of those? A few people, you've been to a big family meal or an event and not everyone agrees with each other and they start arguing over this, that or the other. That's the worst case, but we're hoping for the best, aren't we? And so we want to be the big family meal. Uh, I kind of liken it to um, a, a big kind of Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner where you might have, um, or, or you could, if you were a breakfast fan, you could think about a big breakfast where there's like 20 different things you can choose from. And we don't all have to eat every single thing on the table. Uh, I've shared before uh, about the vegetables that I don't like. Um, I wonder if there's anyone here that has any vegetables they really hate. Uh, what's, what, what? You've got one at the back? Brussels sprouts. Is, are you telling me my, fit, my worst one, or is that yours? That's yours too. Okay, that's mine. Yeah, Brussels sprouts. Um, although I've, I've discovered there is a trick with Brussels sprouts uh, that my wife uh, has, which is when you wrap them in bacon. But <laughs> most things taste good wrapped in bacon. Anyway, Brussels sprouts. Any other vegetables that you don't like, Samuel? Zucchini? Zucchini, any others? Celery? Any others over there? Any vegetables you don't like? Parsnips? Oh, I, I think parsnips are the worst because I'm not sure if my mum's watching this online, but, um, but parsnips that are cut to look like they're roast potatoes. And then you go and take a big bite of the... Um, uh, I know what I'm going to get when I next visit now. Um, when you take a big bite of the roast potato and discover it's a parsnip, and then you've been taught not to spit your food out. It's not good. Okay, one more, Joshua. Kale. Kale, there we go. Anyone else not like kale? Samuel, yeah, in our house. Kale. But the hope is when you go to one of those big meals and you have all the different vegetables and the different meats and the different nut roasts and whatever else you might have, that you don't have to eat every single piece. And so uh, that's one of the things we do as, as big families when we gather. We have different elements uh, that we bring together. And so it's true for us as the church. We're not going to agree on every single thing. And so some of those things that we're not going to agree on, uh, I don't preach about from the pulpit because I know they would split the church. And sometimes people have said to me, David, why don't you have an opinion on this? And I've said, I do have an opinion on this. Why don't you preach it? Because I know not everyone has the same opinion. So the important thing for us as a church community is that we do what Jesus says. By this, everyone, you will know, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we get to hang out with people in church who we wouldn't necessarily see at any other time of the week. If you had the choice to hang out with the people you're sat with now, they may vote for a different political party than you. They may be a staunch Tesla electric car fan, and you may be someone that loves your diesel trucks. They may be someone who loves a particular food or hates a particular food. They may be someone who thinks when you come to church, you should dress up and wear a suit and tie. I don't see any of those here, but they may be. Or they may be someone who thinks you should come to church in jeans. They may be someone who thinks the cross should be on the left or the middle or the right. Jesus says we're to love each other 
And the reason he gives us to this as the new commandment is because we're to love each other as much as he has loved us. And that is a challenge, and that is hard. And so we walk this really difficult space as Christians. And within our community here at St. George's, as an Anglican expression of Christians, we walk that hard space of knowing that no, not everyone is going to agree on everything. But what the world needs, says Jesus, is people who love each other. And that means for the church, you'll know they're my disciples, says Jesus, by the love they have for each other. And just for clarification, in case you really want to get into it, um, which I know one or two of you might, um, he's not saying, if you are my disciples, you must love each other. It's not a, a cause and effect. But it is a hallmark of being a disciple. Um, uh, loving each other as disciples is a hallmark of, um, of our faith. Because if we love each other, then people will see that and know that that is the case. It is not that we need to love each other in order to be a disciple, but that as disciples, we should be known for the love we have for each other. So practically, how can we love each other when we disagree, when we vote for a different political party, when we have a different opinion on who the mayor of Maple Ridge should be? How can we love each other? Well, the easiest way to put it is what we tend to say. If you're a child, you've heard this said probably, is to close your mouth, to open your ears, and to take a deep breath. To close your mouth, open your ears, and take a deep breath. Because when we close our mouth and stop speaking, stop saying what I think, and start listening to what you think with our ears, then we can, uh, we can truly hear. And the truth is, most people don't listen. They merely wait for their turn to speak. Who's heard that before? Many of us don't listen. We just wait for our turn to speak. And as someone who likes to talk a lot, it's really hard to listen. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I have to sometimes stop myself from preaching. Um, we close our mouths, we open our ears, and we take a deep breath. And you know, I, I, think, I think one of the things, um, I'll, I'll say this and then I'll finish. Um, I think one of the things um, that's been really helpful for me as I've tried to walk this Anglican road of the middle way, of being in a denomination where there are people who I completely disagree with and others who I completely agree with, and it's not just within the Anglican church, it's the wider church too. One of the things that has given me um, encouragement and I've found has been really helpful in that journey is this. It's not my job to change somebody else's opinion. And as soon as I realize it's not my job to change somebody else's opinion, it takes that pressure away. Life is not and does not need to be a negotiation. I don't have to make you think what I think. My job as a preacher and as a rector and as a pastor, my job is to tell you what Jesus says. What you do with that is up to you. Uh, John Wesley said, I have preached the gospel and therefore my hands are washed of their blood. Um, and he was saying uh, that to, to say his job is to tell people the truth of the gospel. 
that Jesus loves you, that Jesus died for you on the cross, and that uh, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That salvation is open to anyone who says they'd like it. All they have to do is say, I'm sorry. Thank you that you died for me, Jesus. Would you forgive me? I'd like to follow you, in short. And so our job is not to change everyone's mind. Our job as disciples is to love one another. And when we're bored of loving one another, go for a walk, come back, and try again. This is one of those sermons that is easy to preach and hard to do. And I could preach it every single week, and we still would find it hard. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Amen.